In Florida Ag and Review for the week of June 14th, we started off this week talking about crop insurance. Well, USDA has released the final draft of the new crop insurance agreement that deals with how much the government subsidizes crop insurance companies. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says the agreement lays a framework for a stronger program. From a standpoint of keeping the system stable, making sure farmers have access to crop insurance, making sure the premiums don't go up, this agreement basically addresses all of that while still giving agents a very fair rate of return. Vilsack says overall the agreement would save the government $6 billion over 10 years. $4 billion of the $6 billion is, is dedicated to deficit reduction. The remainder would go to improving and expanding crop insurance and adding acres to the conservation reserve. The release of the final draft agreement follows two draft proposals and months of discussions with insurance companies and other stakeholders. Companies have 30 days to sign the agreement and will again meet with USDA on the issue Friday, June 18th. And as we turned our attention to livestock news, Randall Wiseman had this report on trade. Trade issues are major for all aspects of agriculture, especially in the beef industry. And of course, Japan has been in the news lately as a couple of issues that that country is dealing with have hampered talks there for the time being. But National Cattlemen's Beef Association's President Steve Fogelsong said he knows how trade with other countries can really help get cattle prices back up here at home. I think we should have dollar fat cattle and uh, calves ought to be worth about a buck and a half. We'll all be good. Uh, and key to getting there is getting some trade open, and I think we've got the opportunity. And uh, if you listen to the rhetoric that's coming out of D.C., you know, the president wants to increase trade because he understands that increased trade increases jobs. I'm 100 percent behind him. I wish them well. Uh, that would do us an awful lot of good towards getting to that goal of, you know, dollar fat steers and, and uh, fifty calves. Local songs that producers need to remember they are producing a product which not only is enjoyed here at home, but also internationally. There's a hungry world out there, and we've got to do a good job of providing that food. Uh, we've been criticized, you know, that we feed too much corn or this or that. You know, the reality of it is America's farmers and ranchers are good at what they do. They're the best there are. And given the opportunity, we will feed that world, and we're going to have to in the next generation. So I think it's important for us today to continue to work together to get that goal and get the government to give us the help that will allow us to be successful in that adventure. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear from Everett Griner regarding the struggling renewable fuel industry. The renewable energy industry has not turned out like everybody hoped it would. When gas went to nearly $4 a gallon, everybody envisioned ethanol and biodiesel moving us away from imported oil within just a few short years. It won't only be done in a few short years, it probably never will. All kinds of problems, more failures than success. Seems every solution generates another new problem. If you asked me what went wrong, the correct answer would be everything. I had visions of our vehicles running on ethanol and biodiesel in just a few years. Huh, we're not even up to 15% yet. And arguments are profound at this point. Now certainly you're aware the industry is not dead. It appears to me, the non-expert, that it's as hard to make a profit with renewable fuels as it is in farming. And that's never been fixed. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.